It's been an amazing run on these officers and the different roles we've been talking about. It keeps getting better and better. And I really love today because we have super fans coming out of the woodworks to talk about how they've optimized their character experiences. And of course, uh, as much as we have creators and writers on the show, you know, Continuing Missions is all about the super fan. That's what I am. I'm a super fan. Um, and and giving giving them the, the spotlight to talk about why Star Trek is so wonderful. So we're so happy to have you all here today. My name is Michael DeSmeet freelance writer for Star Trek Adventures, blogger on Continuing Missions, which is the number one fan site for Star Trek Adventures, going live since 2018, going strong. Uh, Jim, why don't you introduce yourself, and then we'll get to our wonderful super fans. Yeah, sure thing. My name is uh, Jim Johnson. I'm the project manager and line editor for the Star Trek Adventures RPG, published by Modifius Entertainment. Love these many years, uh, seven years going on eight now, or six going on seven. I don't, I've lost track. Uh, but having a lot of fun with it. Uh, co-host on this year's show with Michael. Love these many years now. Uh, actually, you know, a year, year plus, 60-something episodes. Yep. Uh, this guy's kitty. Yay! There's Riker. <laughs> Riker. Hi, Riker. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's me. Uh, I'll introduce our guests and have them introduce themselves. And uh, we'll encourage them to tell us uh, who their favorite security slash tactical officer is all across the franchise. So, uh, Sky and Riker, why don't you introduce yourselves? I'm Sky. This is Riker. Um, the tactical officer I played was Lieutenant Talis of the USS Cassini and Dorian. Um, she was um, awesome to play. Um, and um yeah so yeah i'm a super fan and this is my cat who is a super cat <laughs> uh, can i ask does does riker step into the kitty box like this he <laughs> lays in the kitty box he's a weirdo yeah you're a weirdo you've got to train him to do that and, uh, uh, and, and sky who's your who's your favorite uh tactical slash uh uh, uh oh, security officer yeah favorite tactical officer that's tough um because there are so many good ones uh, you know I, i'm actually gonna go with tuvok because i love vulcans um and the vulcan lore and i love how they do a lot of things with like the the duality of vulcan nature versus you know when he has to be like violent to do his job so mm-hmm. awesome all right and uh, anton Introduce yourself and uh, tell us who your favorite uh, security slash uh, tactical officer is. Hi, everyone. I'm Anton Abrahamson. I uh, play the character of Lieutenant Commander uh, Klaus Zaroth. She's from the Quick Start. And uh, I've started out with her and she's evolved over time and just love her to death. I love her to death. And uh, my favorite security officer, I would say, is probably Odo. I just really enjoyed the duality uh, and uh, yeah, Odo, yeah. Uh, and all the different things that he embodied for um, both the founders and the Federation and the and Bajor and just, just a character between every single world. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. And uh, before we just, just jump into the episode, uh, Michael and uh, Anton, how about just a quick... Uh, 
30 second spiel. How, how did we get Anton on the show? Like, was it just uh, like an opportunity or one of my, no, one of my favorite ways is uh, Anton is, is watches continuing conversation. I think he saw the one about chief medical officers or captains and was like, Hey, you know what? I played a tactical officer. If you like to talk to me about it, I'm like, Yes, that's what we're about on continuing conversations. So we've, we're always asking people to step forward and tell us their Star Trek adventure story. So I ask if you have good audio video setup and you don't mind keeping your language to PG-13 so that my nieces and nephews can watch this back, you're welcome to come on the show. Awesome. I love it. More super fans. We, we need more. Yeah, we still got a bunch of roles to talk about. So if you're out there playing one of those cool roles, reach out. Let us know. We'll get you on because like we love everybody. It's a big Star Trek family. We're always happy to welcome more into it. So, uh, Jim, so your plus, favorite, your favorite security tactical officer. Oh yeah. Oh, he said, "Oh no." Oh, you want you're asking me? Yeah. Uh, oh gosh, there's so many good ones. Um, it's guy. It's the same problem. Like there's so many good tactical security people. Like I, I like I like. Um, I like Reed. I like Odo. I like I like Non. <laughs> I like Worf. I, you know, Worf is Worf is a challenging character, but like his role as security and tactical was really cool because you got to see a lot of different things that he had to do. I even like Tasha, uh, Shax. You know, uh, gosh, I don't know if I could pick up. I think oh, I, I, I'm going to go with Odo. I got, Odo is such the is such a great character, not just because he's the constable, but I think Odo did a really nice job of 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 really trying to play the middle. Right, he he tried to be objective like between the Federation and the Bajorans and the Cardassians, he always tried to like not pick sides as much as he could. And uh, I really appreciated that about the character. Um, and, and even, uh, you know, Rene Aubergeonois performance, right? Like you could see the tug of war happening sometimes, especially with, you know, his, when his love interest in Kira increased, like he still had to, he still had to be the bad guy sometimes like, and, and, and put, get her in trouble and stuff. So yeah, I think Odo probably is the, my favorite. How about you, Michael? Yeah. So for me, I'm going to go back also to, I have to do a correction for first officer. Um, I had said Una, which, which is true. I, I like Una. And I, I'm only saying this because of the hilarity that you just mentioned Shaxx. If I would have thought about it, I think I would have gone with Jack Ransom as my current uh, most yeah. popular first officer right now. I, I love the guy. He's always taking his shirt off, showing his abs. You know, I want to aspire <laughs> to be like that one day. But uh, no, okay. So for security officers, I'm going with uh, Leon Nunian Singh from Strange New Worlds. I find her extremely intriguing. I find her more than capable for the position. And I'm dying to see more of that character. I I, I like that, um, whereas Worf was dark and brooding and Odo was dark and brooding. I mean, she's got dark and brooding down. I mean, <laughs> the woman can kick Gorn butt. And yeah. so uh, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing an expansion on her character. That's my favorite, Jim. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. All right. So uh, if you, uh, you know, fans who've been watching for a while, you're familiar with the format for these particular, this particular mini series within the, within the series, we're taking each of the roles uh, in the game. And uh, and blowing it out into its own episode again. I think we may have done this a while back, Michael, when the Player's Guide first came out. But we're going even deeper now, and we've got more guests to join us here to help us uh, facilitate this conversation. And so tonight's episode is all about the security slash tactical officer, what the cool things are that this role brings to the table, why you should be playing it, why you want to play it, what kind of fun you can have with it, all the cool stuff you can do about it. So just, uh, you know, open season, anybody who wants to jump in, tell us about your experiences playing a science, uh, playing a security officer or a tactical officer. And, and, and why was it just such a cool game opportunity for you to get into? Yeah. Anton, you want to start as our new guest? 
Sure. Uh, so I was suggested to take the security officer's role because the uh, the group that I joined didn't have one at that point. Mm. And they were, so I've been told, uh, we're getting their butts kicked sometimes. <laughs> so I joined the, uh, joined, uh, the group and took the role. And I quickly fell in love with the game. And I love all the different uh, mechanical nuances with uh, spending momentum and spending threat and um, look for a way to make a very effective character, both in combat and out of combat. And it was just very interesting to see how the different um, disciplines could really direct the way that you want to take the character. So, like, for example, if you've got a high security and a high command, uh, you could, that would really lend itself well to um, an investigator kind of role or an interrogator. And, like, you you pick any, like, secondary, secondary role for a well-rounded character, and that kind of tells you what kind of character uh, this person is going to become over the course of their career. Yeah, and you play, you're playing an Andorian. Did I hear the name correctly? Yes, I'm playing an Andorian. Oh, that's uh, my favorite. That's oh. funny. I was one too. Ah, they're so good. They're so good. Aren't they? Yeah, Ushan is a talent. I hope that. Yeah, that is one of my talents, and um, <laughs> yeah. and I I always use it non-lethally. As like as <laughs> as as funny as that might seem, with a very bladed weapon. <laughs> that's so cool okay good good to see how you you were voted in to do it but you're enjoying it and sky what about you how did you end up with your security character i mean pretty similar story to, as anton's um i joined the the cassini project campaign um because my gm for the dauntless campaign um where i played the helm xo and co um they were playing in a game as a Klingon science officer. And they're like, we don't have a tactical officer. Our tactical officer is an NPC. Um, and, you know, they're like, you should come play with us. And so I did. And I took over that NPC and that's Talus. Um, and it's interesting because I actually got to write her backstory um, when everybody else's backstories were pre-written for the game because we were all amnesiacs. At the start of the game, so okay. very interesting. <laughs> um, and then I have to ask a question to Anton because you said you took a you took the character straight from the pre-gen character sheet. Did you make any adaptations to it at at, at first or over time? Uh, over time, I did. Uh, we were using um, the Klingon book uh, milestone rules, so like I would be able to switch a talent or or add a focus or add some stats to kind of like where I saw her going. Um, one of the things that uh, I loved immediately and kind of informed me who this character was, was her focus in um, Klingon opera. <laughs> so uh, we were able to work that into the game. And, and like, it just got me thinking about like, what kind of character is this? And who, her, who would her friends be? What, what does Andorian music sound like? Uh, <laughs> like all these different questions would pop up in my head. And like, I felt, help me make a more rounded character. And as I was progressing uh, with the, the different milestones and things like that, uh, I, I felt like she was growing as a character as well, becoming more competent and becoming more focused and uh, more 
more of a leader mm. uh, uh, to what she's actually going to become. She's going to become the first officer in uh, oh, nice. the game. Oh, good. So you have an arc planned. In the absence of Al, yeah, in, in the absence of Al Spader being here, who wrote the chapters on roles, I'll let Jim take it. Um, you know, for your intention for chief of security slash weapons officer, because we know that changes the title changes according to the Star Trek era. But Jim, what was your intention? Of, uh, what did you want to highlight when Al wrote this chapter? Yeah, I mean, like like the other roles, I, I encouraged Al to write the chapter in such a way that uh, really emphasized why is this role such a great role to play as a player and to think about like your tendencies as a player, what kind of things do you like to bring to the table? What kind of things do you like to do, right? Like, are you primarily the the frontline person who's out there, you know, doing the fisticuffs or the, or the, or the range combat, or are you more the, the tactical thinker uh, who likes to like strategize and plan things out? Like, like what kind of things do you like to do in a game and, and what do you want to bring to it? And then how does that map onto, onto the, the chief of security slash tactical officer, et cetera. And uh, you know, again, like I said, uh, I wanted Al to make sure that each of those roles, like somebody would read it and go, oh, I've got to play this role or, oh, I've got to play that role. And then like really force them to make a choice because all the roles are awesome, you know, depending on how you want to, how you want to play with them. And uh, we have, you know, great thing with Star Trek is it's a 56 year old property. We have no shortage of great examples of, uh, tactical officers, security officers uh, to, to draw from, like, so you could emulate war for non or shacks or whatever. I mean, there's so many great examples to pull from uh, that, like, you can, you can just, you know, start there. And especially as a, um, as a new player, right? If you're not that familiar with Star Trek, you know, not to say you're going to be playing the fighter, right? It is, it's an easy intro into the game, but like tactical officers, doesn't doesn't have to be that complicated initially, right? You you got you got the phaser. You, your job is to protect the crew, right? Like more, you know, for first and foremost, you you're protecting the ship. You're you're working the weapons uh, on the ship, or you don't have to be, but you could be. And then you're you're on the away teams with the you know protecting everybody there, right? That's that's your your things. Like they're they're doing their job. Your your job is to let them keep them safe so that they can do their job. Yeah. Uh, I, I like, I really like the take of what Odo introduced to the character as a forensic yeah. specialist, as an investigator. And I really love watching in our game because we're not, we're not a pew pew game. Very rarely do we engage yeah. in, in <laughs> violence to that level. Like there's not a phaser shootout every episode. So ours are, our, we have a Zach Norm um, as, as a security <laughs> officer, which is perfect oh, because, because they're a strategist. Strategy is one of their biggest things. So they're trying to, outthink their opponents before it even gets violent. So I'd be really curious to hear what advice Sky and Anton would give to people. Maybe they're coming in from a different system like Star Wars or Dungeons and Dragons and they think, oh, I'm going to pick security officer because I want to be the toughest person on the ship. But really give us some advice for new people coming in, how to really optimize it in the Star Trek environment. Mm -hmm. Oh, goodness. So I actually really struggled with this position um, because I had found my element so well in my other character. Um, and so I really struggled, especially since we were all amnesiacs. So I didn't really have an idea of what this and I didn't create her. So I didn't really have an idea of this character's voice. Um, but what I would say is if you're going to do a tactical officer, do not feel like you are beholden to the ones we see on screen. Cause as you were saying, we've got a lot of dark and broody 
like tactical and security officers. Um, so like Talus kind of eventually evolved to be kind of goofy, actually, um, kind of a goofball. Um, and you know, and I think that was my, me trying to figure out where the voice of the character was, um, even though, you know, she is the, 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 you know, badass on the ship, um, you know, is don't be afraid to take it in a different direction. Um, and especially if you're coming over from something like star Wars, uh, eh, eh, okay. It's, this is not star Wars, you know, you, you can't be a, uh, as we call them murder hobos. Um, so, so like, you've got to figure out how to play within kind of the Star Trek rules, this like to keep it Trek like, um, and cause like, I remember bringing someone in from who was more familiar with Star Wars and she was just like, what do you mean? If I bring a bladed weapon with me, we're going to like generate threat. Like, mm-hmm. Right. So, you exactly. know, like, you know, it's, and so you, you kind of have to like, you know, figure out where that, that balance is. Um, but I really like the security officer from a standpoint of there's actually a lot to play with that hasn't been done. So. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Anton? What was your take on that? So uh, in our game, we didn't do, we don't do too much combat. It's like every maybe few missions or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I found is that when there is combat, uh, the combat is usually very deadly or it could be very deadly because not everybody has a ton of, um, stress. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my character's responsibility is to try and incapacitate the opponents as quickly as possible. And I feel like threat is the security officer's best friend. Uh, oh, so talk to me about that oh uh that's with the talent um um bold security mm. so then that allows you to generate a lot of momentum for when you get a hit and then hopefully be able to um dump some of that uh momentum into uh an attack if needed to try and like incapacitate somebody so but that that's from like the uh, the tactical point of view but the other point of view that I've had as the character that I initially struggled with was what can I do uh, when we are not um, doing combat? And then I was leading into the other focuses I had, uh, which are the other talents, um, the other abilities that I had, which were um, command and con were also pretty good for this character. So she would be a very good helper. She would uh, spend her time, uh, helping with the shuttlecraft she would spend her time helping with um persuasion with the first officer like helping them back up uh you know trying to negotiate and in situations like that so i i found that she was learning from these other officers and then getting better at them herself Mm. Sounds a lot like the the for people who maybe watch the TV shows like a Tuvok, where try the peaceful solution, <laughs> and once it's not, be ready for action. Which I thought oh, oh, right. always try the peaceful first. Yeah, that's really cool. And plus, plus, I mean, the security officer is the bodyguard for the captain, really, right? The captain doesn't come down too much in in our game. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, then for the first officer. <laughs> yeah, no, our our captain was in the muck all the time. Um, he was he was crazy. Um, but yeah, no. So, uh, and and I really like uh, doing the security officer for a lot of reasons. But one of them is also um, <laughs> you can you can kind of find a, a niche for like what they're good at. And and Anton was saying that the the combat is really deadly and that is especially true in like ground combat um so you know i've i found that um i actually drew on my martial arts experience um because i am a martial artist and a martial arts instructor and that was another way that i leaned into something i already knew to figure out what this character was about um and Sky, you're one of the most interesting people <laughs> i know just so you know jack of many trades you know, for those who are watching last week's show sky is also a licensed pilot okay so i'm just like oh i want you are like the ultimate per- person i want on my bridge <laughs> um but um, so it was just it was just but it's so difficult to play that kind of physicality in the ground combat um so, you know, especially without generating tons of threat by having a bladed weapon. Um, let's, yeah, yeah. Let's give people ideas of what they can do, though. So with a go around, oh, okay. when, yeah. it doesn't, when, it, when it doesn't come around to, you know, actually fighting or something like that, I think, right. for example, I, I just had, want, oh, command sorry, was sorry. my second biggest stat. So I actually ended up do, being a lot of doing a lot of mean mugging. Like, okay. so I was talking about what I was trying to do, but then. Um, what I ended up doing was just like, I, I kind of did a lot of intimidation roles. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Which let's think about some other... what I use that command stat for. Right. Well, let's go around too and talk about some other things we've actually seen security officers do through the show. We know Chekhov was uh, sitting at navigation, but he was actually security um, also. So yeah, he was doing some stuff like that, but I think about every away team pretty much needs a security detail. We know they were red shirts back in the original series. Um, they didn't do too well and had to change their shirt colors eventually. But but, but I think about just getting down and surveying, whether it's you're beaming down to a colony or onto a station, who's out there patrolling for booby traps and just making sure it's safe for maybe secondary teams to come in, right? That's a security officer role. Jim, what about you? If you think about something that's non-combat that security officers do almost uh, every show. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you just harken, you just uh, highlighted it. Uh, you know, sending a sending a security detail down to a to a to a negotiation site or to a, to a you know some sort of thing that's going on to kind of like scout the area, get a feel for it, touch base with the local security, and then tell the captain, okay, you know, whoever's beaming down, you can safe to beam down now. Uh, but one of the first images that came to mind was the um, excuse me, the uh, the security officers who were tasked. To uh, to guard the storage compartments in uh, trouble with tribbles, right? Like the, those those Porsches, like okay, well, there might be Klingons on the station, so go guard the storage compartments. So they're they're just down there standing there with the phaser on their hip, waiting for something to happen. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. the old, it's like the uh, it's like the Marine Guard in front of the White House, right? You just you gotta you gotta be ready for anything. And you don't Kirk know just happen. like what what's the point? <laughs> yeah, but 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 what I like about that is it leaves people it leaves security officers to have certain interactions and observations of VIPs and guests or others that other characters might not have. Any what other things, Anton and Sky, non-violent that 
you you've seen security officers be really good for and why they're useful every episode, every every game. So uh, one of the things that I was leading into uh, with this character growth was her ability to start um, doing investigations. So I would add a focus called sleuthing. Mm. Uh, I, I, I think it's a fun word and like it. Uh, it, it could help me um, when I'm looking for, um, you know, uh, like discrepancies in the logs or discrepancies in um, our, uh, footage mm. uh, because she would be like focused and narrowed in on on all that. Um, and then uh, uh, there were other things that she would do that would maybe be she'd work on um, like computer systems and getting into uh, security uh, backdoors of firewalls and things like that, that they might have in the future. (laughs) Nice. Good. That's done almost every episode, right? Trying to hack a computer and get past the computer firewall somehow. It's interesting because a lot of that computer like hacking stuff is a science role. So like it kind of goes back to what we had been talking about, like, you know, the con versus engineering roles. Like if your reasoning is that like, oh, no, this has to do with the flight system. So I'm going to use my con instead of my my engineering. Um, So it's like it's interesting because it's like, okay, I want to hack this system to get into the security. So I want to use my security for this, not science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we see that a lot of that. And I think also I know in the in the game uh, or in the player's guide, it was called chief of security. But in Voyager, we saw this become chief of tactical and TNG, too. So tactical actually expands on that security role in some interesting ways, I think. Um, and especially when it comes to plotting enemy strategies. Right. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think we saw that when. Uh... When they when they when they figured out a way to get Worf on a DS9, right? They had to give him something to do that wasn't chief of security because they already had Odo, and they certainly weren't going to get rid of Odo. And so they were like, "Well, what do we do with Worf? Well, let's promote him, and then let's put him in red, and then let's make him the strategic operations officer." So now he's not really the chief of security anymore. He's got this other role, and then so that now he's more responsible for like tactical things and like okay the dominion war is potentially brewing so like tactically speaking how do we you know approach this and you know he had other connections and things going on but it was just a a different approach to security right because he was still very security focused and minded but it was it was different from like the day-to-day protecting the ship and picard and everybody else on the ship so um it's just it gave them an interesting way to to give Worf different things to do that were still kind of in his wheelhouse in what ways could a chief of security also deal with the crew and their antics? Have any of you experienced that? And what role a chief of security plays in that? Great, some, some great B plots I imagine could happen. Yeah, I mean, the best example is the most recent game I ran, the chief of security. Uh, and this is also kind of a meta game conceit too, because we we were trying to figure out, okay, our game has been going on for 30 odd sessions now. You've managed to talk your way out of every single fight I've wanted to throw at you. <laughs> and so we've been playing this game for over a year and a half. We haven't done a single fight, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the, the, you know, I was just convincing with the, the chief of security and uh, or the player of the chief of security. And he's like, well, how about my character like like 
we open up with a scene of me running a, a holodeck simulation, running the characters through a, a fight scenario. And I was like, well, that's perfect. That gives the players a chance to learn how to do combat in the game um, and or to refresh their memory on how to do it. And also gives your character something to do that's in your wheelhouse and, and is interesting. So I, that's, that's, I mean, like, honestly, that's low hanging fruit, but it worked because like uh, Anton, it's just funny to hear you say that you're not a very fighty show. It's like, like the vast majority of Star Trek Adventures players I've talked to or I've heard from, like they're they're just not doing a lot of combat. And it's not, you know, certainly not the, the system's not bad at it, right? I mean, like the combat's perfectly effective. It's lethal, like like you uh, you highlighted, Anton. It is it is very very easy to get you know maimed or or, or badly hurt. But it's like it, somehow that like that Star Trek vibe has gotten into people where they're they're finding the diplomatic path or they're finding alternate ways of not fighting whether it's a, whether it's a flight uh, you know a fleet engagement or or personal combat it, it's fascinating maybe i'm just not listening to the to the right conversations like i'm sure there's groups out that out there that are happily getting into into melees and, and battles and stuff week after week especially i probably have to not to be stereotypical i'd probably have to listen to some of the klingon campaigns that are out there <laughs> those are a little bit more action yeah we're talking we're yeah, yeah. talking starfleet at this point and to your yeah. point though i want i do want to say though jim even when you're running a holodeck fight because we've done that on ours mm-hmm. i notice that the players stage it so they talk about something going on yeah. so it's really nice it just creates a different setting they get to fight a little bit but they also get to resolve some stress issues or to work stuff out yeah. um anton or sky did you have other things that it, well actually anton you had said it i think sky now I'm losing track of who said what. Or there, uh, are there, there are there other ideas of what a security officer could do with regarding ship antics, things that might go on on the ship as B plot. I could throw someone in the brig, I guess, but yeah. I haven't yet. <laughs> yeah, the the intimidation roles, like I was talking earlier, um, uh, and you know. And, and I think that's part of the reason why I started playing Talos as a little bit of a disarming goofball um, is because like she really liked to crack a joke to kind of break tension um you know so people are kind of doing this and she would just be like be like hey you know like you know like did you notice (laughs) or you know just crack a joke or something and it it, like to try and relieve the tension and i i also would roll basically a uh like a you know command type of role on that kind of thing just to try and like ease things back i think was was kind of like my 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 tack on that yeah what i would suggest too i know i do it with my players is you know i know it's not going to be a pew pew game maybe we're doing a diplomatic mission or a first contact or just something you know way out there science and so i'll create a b plot of antics where maybe they're responsible to babysit the new vip who happens to be mischievous um or maybe the cadets are doing something scandalous and breaking rules and it has to be investigated or maybe someone let something loose in the cargo bay and it needs to be caught you know so there's always something to do uh, where the security officer really that would be their job i I think about the person who patrols the mall So it's just, you know, give them that vibe sometimes. Yeah, yeah, just just a segue. (laughs) So again, I I have for some reason no problem keeping everyone busy, every story. And even if they're not fighting and even if they're solo going about it, they get their own spotlight as a B or C plot. Um, And I think there's just, I, I could just imagine, I just know, you know, all of us have gone to high school. 
all of us are at work, all of us have gone to malls, and there's just so much security issues constantly going on <laughs> in even the most boring of place right. that, that the security officer could actually have some really fun answers. I actually think, look at Odo and how he was always chasing after Nog or Quark. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And you think about like the uh, the Enterprise D, like how big of a ship that was. And like everybody had pets, right? There were dogs, there were cats, there were all kinds of animals on that ship. And like you gotta you gotta think they got out from time to time. And like there's always nooks and crannies and access ways and hatches that are open. And like uh, you know, I, I'm sure any number of uh, security officers probably had to like trudge through the Jeffries tubes, finding the finding the the, the damn gerbil or the you know, the the, uh, the the dog that got away again, and, the, and the, they just wants to play, right? And then you can add in the whole science fiction element, right? There's a there's a mischievous. Uh, alien animal of some sort that's gotten onto the ship and you got to track them down not so much the tribbles but just uh, you know how do they get into that and then you can even get into like you know spaceborne entities there's a glowing there's a mischievous glowing thing and i think lower decks has done this a couple of times there's a mischievous glowing thing on the ship that's trying to you know absorb everything and it, and then you, you you make it small and it gets whiny or whatever but uh yeah, there's a lot, a lot of antics you can get into. And what is the securities officer? Again, I'm trying to I'm trying to, you know, for Anton and Sky, thinking about if you if you get the chance to create narrative or if you've already done this, like investigating romantic dalliances or discovering a romance that didn't want to be discovered, but you thought it was a security issue, but it was something else, right? Mm -hmm. Anything like that that you've infused into the game? I, I can't say that I've done anything like that. Um, but so something that my, my character discovered was that our first officer was, had been a section 31 agent Ooh. and like with a really shady past. And, but because we were all amnesiacs, we didn't remember any of that. So like, she was just like, is this really who you are? Mm. And the security officer's like, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> or the, or the first off, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> so it's, it's, it was just interesting, you know, playing it from that perspective because like, you know, everybody, you know, we were kind of finding out about ourselves, you know, cause it was like everything about us was super classified. So not even Starfleet could tell us what we were. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so, so finding all these, these little things out. So, you know, and of course my character is part, you know, part of figuring all of that out. Um, and Antoine, what about you in the yeah. antics? Yes. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about uh, support characters that we could add to our ship. And I had suggested uh, Esri Teagan because we're in a time period that's before uh, Deep Space Nine. Oh. So this is, this would Smart. be, we, we were retconning that this would be her like first, her first posting mm -hmm. uh, on our ship. And Anton has always had a crush on um, Esri Dax. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to pursue that in character. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Antics, see, and that make I think that enriches the characters too, right? In that point, so the security officer is really, in in my opinion, right up there with the first officer, the doctor, and the counselor, and knowing the crew super well. And and because, but from the security point of view, like who could be a potential threat? Where are our weak points? And the training that they could be giving weaker officers might be very interesting. Um, you know, it, 
never, never a reason to be boring. And then going again for security and tactical, normally it's the security officer who's firing the photon torpedoes, right? So, so what kind of advice in playing that, you know, can, can you give when it comes, you're not necessarily trying to blow everything out of the sky. What are some of the challenges that players will have choosing it for space battle, choosing a security officer for space battle? So what we do is we always try to take out the enemy's engines first mm -hmm. uh, and hopefully de-escalate things after that. So like, like now you're at a disadvantage. Let's talk some more. Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely. Or bring shields down, you know, you know, go, go for shields, engines. Yeah. Um, unless it's like one, of uh, like a, a battle where we're like actually in a battle, like wartime type battle. That's definitely, I think the go-to one, two punch. Yeah. My advice I've given to my players too, is know that you have more weapons than just phasers and torpedoes. You also have tractor beam. You also have deflector array, which you can get super creative with in ways to non-lethally take care of problems. And it's really the responsibility of the weapons officer to know all of those systems, even how to use them in conjunction with the transporter and stuff like that in order to, to shields, in order to really save the day. And I, I've seen some people get bogged down like, oh, weapons are down, photon torpedoes and phaser arrays are down. Up, oh, let's spend all our time and energy repairing them. Wait, you probably have some functioning systems that could change the day. Um, so know those components of the yeah, ship. Well, right? and, and if you have a science officer, lean on them too for those types of things, you know, because that's also their purview. Yep. Jim? I'd even I even take it a step back. And I think uh, I'll echo what Al said, you know, last episode is um think about what kind of tactical slash security officer you want to be and really look into the into the depth of talents that are available in the game and like pick those four talents to really kind of like mold what, how does your character even approach a tactical situation? Like, like, are you focused on the, on the weapons and the photons and the, that kind of stuff? Or are you more of a big picture kind of like, you know, positioning and, and tactics and, uh, you know, maybe even getting into like, um, like tactical mind games, like this Cardassian, the Cardassians, they're, they're like their whole tactical philosophy is this, and they're most likely to be doing this. I think about like the um, uh, 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 Jack Ryan and Hunt for Red October, right? He knew Ramius so well mm -hmm. that like he could tactically think, okay, well, he's going to do this and he's going to do this because of this and this and his whole backstory and all this knowledge. That's that could be a tactical officer, um, just from a different you know angle and perspective. Uh, so I'd say you know really think about your talents and your focuses too, right? Like I, I know Al would really push to get some, make sure you got some cool focuses, and between your talents and your focuses that'll help shape how your character approaches different situations. So certainly you'd have the, you know, the deflector shield and the, and the weapons and all, all that array of stuff at your disposal, which are ultimately tools. Uh, but then you've also got other tools that you can draw on to, uh, to think about. Yeah. I like the optional rules um, that were laid out too in the, I think GM guide where if you need to, for narrative purposes, change your talent or focus during the game. If your game master lets you do that during the game, because it may all of a sudden impress everyone. If you're Andorian character, it's funny that Sky and Anton both have them. All of a sudden is also an expert in Tellarites and how to argue with them and says, hey, you know, can I swap out for this talent or swap out for this focus right now and enrich in my character? Because I think about all the ones that like are on the screen behind 
me right now, plus the ones we've seen. Um, sometimes you find new stuff about them. They're like, whoa, oh, that's so cool. And, and no one argues it. No one on those shows says, well, that wasn't one of their focus. That was written in memory alpha originally. No, they don't do that. They just roll with it. So you could do that in game. Scott? Yeah, that's actually something that we did having played Amnesiacs is that we had these like very like blank slate kind of character sheets. And so like, you know, it would be like, oh, I've discovered I'm really good at this, you know, um, you know, kind of finding things out about themselves. So I really liked doing that. I like that creation in play. (laughs) So if you're somebody who wants to be flexible uh, and is interested in the security role, I would suggest be Vitril because they've got that ability <laughs> that they can make something um, like one of my past lives had this up on the fly, you know, oh. and then, you know, perhaps they really like that aspect of drawing upon that talent. And then maybe they'll decide to uh, invest more in that as a focus or invest that as um, a, a direction that they want to go with one of one of their stats. Smart, smart. Jamie, you're laughing. I, I, I was laughing only because <laughs> this is this is so. I mean, this is how I mean, this is how this happens on every single episode. I swear. Um, uh, Anton talking about how awesome trills are because you have that ability to pull in past lives and past histories and and, and have a, a a moment in the game to do something cool based on your character's backstory. Uh, it just made me realize that uh, now that we're doing these episode by episode breakdowns of each individual role, we we might want to think about doing episodes that are focused on specific species and why those species are so cool to play in the game that, you know, that, you know, pulling from the lore of the show and also pulling from the mechanics of the game that Nathan and all the writers had built in. Like what makes a true, a trill such a cool character to play? Well, here we go. Here's an hour riffing on that. Um, and then, but you know, the challenge with that though, Michael is I'm making, no, I'm making notes right now. There's so many species that we could pick. I mean, there's, there's, so at least, there's at least 60 in the game. Now there's probably more. And like, I mean, we know that there's hundreds in the, in the franchise. So I'm, I'm a little, we'll, I mean, we'll knock out, we'll, we'll, we'll do it like our riff. Maybe two per episode, maybe three. Yeah. We'll, we'll like 20 minutes <laughs> for each. So three per episode. Good idea. I love I mean, that idea. Since, uh, since species is such an important component of anybody's character i mean i mean certainly role is important but your species is very important too i mean that, that shapes who you are more than anything else i think that that would be a great um a great series mini series of, of episodes too and uh you know it's funny michael i remember you told me a, a few months ago that you you were worried that we might run out of topics and it's like nah we just need to start riffing we need to riff with people get new fresh faces on the show and start talking to them and just listen to them and uh like all mm-hmm. these all these branching ideas start flying off right and we'll we'll be doing this show forever <laughs> what i really like about yeah. it too is when i hear people pl- s- s- talk about which species they're choosing to play they bring such a wealth of diversity to these characters that the shows don't have time to like why not have an andorian trail you know like things like that i I hear all these different things happening out there um so i think that's a really good idea sky yeah no like so being an andorian tactical officer chief of security it you have this this want to kind of fall back into like shran (laughs) kind of and I really, that's why I was really having a difficult time with her at first is because I was just like, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be what's expected. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, playing in an, in an, in Endorian, it was not necessarily something that I would pick because I don't know a lot about them. So it was, um, 
it was definitely difficult, but I think, you know, as I went on getting the feel for an Indorian was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. She was not chilly. <laughs> like, yeah. And I think, I think that that's again, as humans are diverse in so many ways, it would be very stuck up of us to think that other species aren't equally, you know, and that's one reason I, I, I love exploring Klingons because they're passionate about everything. So why can't one be passionate about vegetable compote, you know, and make that their war cry, you know, whatever they want to do. So we need to talk more about these, these characters for sure. All right, let's do it. Let's do another go round on why people should choose the security officer and weapons officer. Um, since uh, Anton, you had jumped in as a super fan to, to say, hey, I want to talk about it. Let us uh, give, give people that elevator pitch as to why this might be the character for them. If you enjoy playing a proactive character uh, that has a uh, clear role in what they're um, intended to do for the ship and is willing to branch out from there when that is not always the option. Uh, when you're not always fighting, you'll start learning from um, the other the other characters and then maybe like you can grow uh, as a character and and explore different ideas. That That's the thing I've, I've loved, loved about this character the most. It's, it's been the process of growth for her and where she was to where she is now. Yeah, and I like what you said too. I want to just reemphasize it is lean into that second highest uh, discipline, you know, and, and why is that their second highest discipline and go in that direction? And of course, we always talk the game master has a responsibility to know your character also and to design games that highlight those idiosyncrasies. Sky? Yeah, so if you want to play a character where you're not really sure what's going to happen in any given given game, the security officer, the tactical is all for you. You could have a game that is dead serious and then like one next where you are chasing the alien creature through the ducts and it's complete comedy gold. There's opportunities for slapstick and then, but then, okay, no, we got to get down to business. We got to, you know, um, we got to, we got to fight the bad guy. So it's, it's definitely a role that I found where it's like, I had no idea what to expect um, any given game. So sweet. Yeah. I'm going to just say that, you know, you can really talk with your game master ahead of time at session zero about what type of game you're playing. If you're playing session 31, you're going to be dealing with a lot of espionage, secrecy, you know, that could be very scary kind of thing. Or, or you could even say, hey, we're playing a lot of time travel. So you're a temporal, you know, you work for a Department of Temporal Investigations and that kind of security role. So you're maybe constantly staring at screens and chronometric things to look for breaches of the time stream. So again, it's really up for the team to get together and create this at session zero. Or if you're introducing a character, talking with your game master, is like, what's the arc of my character to make sure you get involved um, completely in every episode. Jim? You just gave me a great idea for a character. Oh man, just another one, right? Like, like I, I'm, you know, playing, playing a campaign, you are a DTI operative, but from the future, uh, yeah. you are secretly in, uh, secretly sent to the past to serve on this ship because something's going to happen and you don't know what it is, but, but you're convinced, but you can't blow your cover. And so, so you're, you are, you are the security officer, but you are also secretly a DTI uh, agent in the far future or something. Well, what's, actually what's deep about that is you could be a secure, a DTI security officer, but you go in to be the helm. 
or okay. medic because yeah. you're inserted, yeah. right? So you maybe you're double, going back to yeah, Anton, you're double double talented in that way, but you're you're in an undercover role. Ooh, that's good, Jim. Yes, yeah. Sorry, I was just riffing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've so- done undercover type role playing in in STA, and it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. So much. Yeah. Especially when you uh, can't afford to get caught, you know, if you're on <laughs> if you're on one of those missions where you're in a pre-warp society or something like that. Oh, right. oh right. wait, now okay, one well, right before Jim, your final words. <laughs> I didn't even talk about how the security officer has a responsibility for those kind of pre-warp incursions, including duck blinds and all that stuff. So that's a good point. Like these away missions to pre-warp, they have to be specialists on culture so many times. Oh, good one. Oh. Nice. So much stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, I, you know, I would, uh, I, I would say, you know, so um, thinking about, you know, role players and gamers and you know, people new to Star Trek new to the game, like uh, I think, I think security slash tactical is, is a great role to kind of like onboard because, because like Anton said, you have a very defined role, right? You are, you are security, you're tactical, you are, your job is, you know, probably to protect the crew, protect the ship. You have an, instant in for every single away team mission you are you're almost guaranteed to be involved in every episode in, in one capacity or another uh if there's a chance for a fight you're going to be right there in the middle of it if you're going down to a planet you're going to be right there with the crew because you're going to be protecting the commanding officer and the rest of the people so that they can do their science job or their engineering job or whatever um and like the con officer last week um, i think tactical really lends itself nicely if you are well, if you want to play a junior officer, it gives you the opportunity to advance in rank and advance in um, experience and to also give you a feel for like what other roles you want to go into. You know, certainly Worf is a good example of a tactical officer who eventually, you know, took command, went into went, went into the command track. Uh, you could do that. You could you could, you know, lateral into operations and become an engineer. Maybe that would be an interesting, uh, interesting spin on things. Um, but uh, yeah, so if you're if you're a little tentative about some of the other roles, uh, you know, I think tactical is a is a safe choice, even though there, you have a chance to be in a lot of very unsafe situations. Um, but again, you're just thinking about the mentality of certain players who want that opportunity to advance their character, level up, do do more stuff and maybe get some flexibility in what direction their character goes in. There's a lot of growth potential for a tactical officer or security officer. And uh, we are blessed with 56 years of uh, Star Trek history. There are lots of great examples to pull from. So don't be afraid to watch some episodes, uh, even Prodigy and uh, Lower Decks. I, I love Shax. I think it's just, yeah. he's, such a, he's such an extreme example of what you can do. <laughs> he's like Animal from the Muppets running a yeah. security yeah. on the ship. I, I think and like you a just, caricature of a security <laughs> officer, but it really works. <laughs> yeah. I, I th- yeah. I think also, Jim, for a different show, we'll have to talk about how security um, as a chosen track could lead you into an admiral, an admiral level campaign. Also. Oh, totally. Um, because yeah. all of them are attacking tactical and strategy from a different level. But I, that would definitely have to be a whole different uh, topic. Okay, write uh, it down. Don't forget. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm doing, I'll do it right after I give my gratitude. The, the, and send it Star Trek Thrawn. Is that what we're talking about? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Lord. Oh Lord! So, or, or even 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 as a little bit of a spin, uh, you know, uh, uh, a, a tactical officer who is always super focused on like the immediate, you know, stuff, but then gets into a position where they have to think more tactically. They have to think more broadly, and like, how do they adjust their thinking to like where they they were focused on the trees, and now they have to look at the forest? How does that change their their perspective and their values? 
Yeah, so true. Yeah. So true. Build these characters, build these characters wisely with weird idiosyncrasies and have a game master willing to explore it. You, There will never be a, a game that's like anyone other, anybody else's game. So do that. Cool. So it's time for the gratitude shout outs now. Um, of course, I'm going to lean on the brick and mortars. Um, I had two votes actually for uh, that came in from Charles Ash and Xenophon J. Garcia. Love the name Xenophon. Um, and they both voted um, for Imperial Outposts. One person said in Phoenix, Arizona, that a big Trek fan owns the store. So we love that to hear that. And then Xenophon mentioned Imperial Outposts from Glendale, Arizona. So I'm not sure if they have two locations or not, or if they're talking about the same store, but either way, I'm sure it's probably the same owner. So good for you for loving Star Trek. All right, let's pass it around to Sky, then Anton, and Jim will close gratitude. Um, well, Glendale is a suburb of Phoenix, so it could be the same. Um, but, uh, anyway, yeah. So, uh, my gratitude always goes out to all of the GMs that I've had. Um, and I'll shout out Brian, um, our GM for Cassini project, um, and the rest of the crew of the USS Cassini. Um, it was a fun game and I miss you guys. I would like to give my gratitude to uh, Michael Freeman. He was the one who invited me to join his game at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, which was a great thing that happened to me. It, it was a great way to connect with other people at that time when really weren't seeing too many others. And um, I would love to give gratitude to my mom who got me into Star Trek to begin with. I remember being like four years old and watching uh, the original series on PBS uh, which is a station out here in New York. Um, and just falling asleep, staying up way too late from like eight to 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> and we didn't even ask you what your favorite show and favorite character was because you're a first time guest. You got to tell oh. us. Oh, um, my favorite show? That's hard. That's really hard. It's, but it's got to be Deep Space Nine. Okay. But my favorite character has got to be Saru because Saru has been one of the most interesting characters to watch grow from the start of the uh, discovery uh, to where he is now. And he's had like the sweetest um, a romantic relationship. He's had this wonderful captaincy where like he was baking the steaks, but, but he was learning from them and just was gentle and kind and encouraging. So it's like just a wonderful manager. Oh, I love that. Love that. All right, Jim, take us out. Man, uh, so, so I, mean, I could go on for days about gratitude and thanking everybody. I think, uh, and, you know, this is another episode I did, Michael. I know I talked to you about it on uh, on uh, <laughs> Facebook the other day, but we've got to do an episode about the uh, about the um, the emotional um, psychological benefits of RPGs during, a pan during the pandemic. Uh, you know, obviously, in particular, Star Trek Adventures, but I'm sure there are a number of people that we could pull on to. Uh, to be in that episode and, and uh, not so much be serious, but like be really heartfelt and, uh, and talk about all the benefits that, uh, that, you know, being in isolation for so long and finding a way to play this game online and how well this game translates to playing online, uh, would be, would be worth an episode or two uh, at some point. I think so. Yeah. I'm to talk about, but, uh, my gratitude is for, uh, all the actors who've played tactical officers over the years, uh, on, on Star Trek and on other shows, we have no shortage of examples of, uh, 
of characters who could be in the tactical mode. I think of all the NCIS series, all the spy shows, all the, uh, you know, 24, um, uh, you know, Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland certainly could have been a, a tactical officer of some sort. Uh, so all the, all the thanks to those actors, all the writers uh, involved in creating those characters. Um, and then, uh, you know, as always, my thanks to uh, to Sky and to Anton for being here and for being super fans and so supportive of the game and willing to sh- spend your time with us geeking out and talking about Star Trek for an hour uh, about about all, this, about all the stuff, doing a really deep dive into the into the role and into the game and into the franchise, just showing your love uh, that, you know, is reflected over here and over at Michael, too. Uh, so thanks to the fans, because uh, I mean, I, I, I say it every episode and uh, I don't say it enough and I need to, if, I, if I could figure out a way to say it more, I would, but uh, the, the fans are the lifeblood of this game and you are all so supportive of each other consistently week after week. I see it on all the different forums that we're on you you support everybody else getting into the game. And it's such a great time to be involved in the game because the support structure is there. Like, I mean, you know, Modifius can do what they can do to, to release new stuff, but it's the game that keeps it's the, it's the, it's the fans that keep the game going. And uh, and I, I am I am humbled and gratified to see that we have such a healthy fan base. So uh, gratitude to all the fans always. Awesome. All right. The conversation continues on future shows as we go into some of the few roles left. Can you guess what they are? You'll just have to stay tuned and see. Until then, I-D-I-C. <laughs> uh, live long and prosper. Be safe. Be well. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.